Next up, stay tuned for Spacey's. Tonight's adventure begins in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsor. Hey there, good to see ya! I have a question for you. Have you ever thought to yourself, wow... I don't have enough stuff. Me too, friend, me too. And so have thousands and thousands of Americans. It's true. So many people just simply don't have enough stuff. Well, I'm here to offer you a solution. My things. That's right. Here at Things, Inc., we have all the things you'll ever need. Things for play, things for work, things for making things more efficient, things for shelves, things for drawers, things for putting other things in. We got things to throw, things to kick, things worthy of respect, and things to spit on, or worse. The point is, we got things. And more importantly, we got you. Things, Inc., a better way to thing. And now... Brace yourselves because it's time for species. In the distant. Okay, wow, when do you breathe? In the long distant future, two humans travel the stars. Their names Commander Rash Blaster Belt and Ensign Jock Jr. Their mission, to explore space, protect the innocent, and guard the universe against ne'er-do-wells and the forces of evil, for they are intergalactic space guardians! They soar around the universe in their sleek, venture-glass rocket ship, the ISGSS Urbaniac, along with their shipboard artificial intelligence, Charles. Together, these heroes find themselves in adventure after adventure, week after week. What dangers will they face tonight? Let's find out. Set your blasters to... Underwhelmed. In tonight's episode, Timing for Godot! We begin our story as we usually do, on the bridge of the ISGSS Urbaniac. Our two heroes seem to be a little less than excited. The lights on the control panel are less bright, the sounds are less beep-boop, Rash absent-mindedly fiddles with his blaster while Jock peruses his copious notes. Interesting. Did you know that if you coupled the intergalactic threat meter with the galactic distress beacon, you create a rather peculiar Venn diagram? Meaning... I was exploring ways for the ISG to increase efficiency so that we could help as many people in the universe as possible. These two circles overlap in a way I was very much not expecting. Well, thank the space gods you figured that out. Well, I haven't figured it out quite yet, sir. If I do, though, we might really be able to locate people in need in bold and innovative new ways. This could make the basis for a very compelling series of essays I could submit to the ISG. Essays. Your idea of helping people is writing essays? Yes, sir. Other intergalactic space guardians could cite my discoveries and use it to locate people in need, if I can get it to work. And I suppose we want it to work, Jock? Um... Yes, sir. Does it show us someone we can guard right now? Not yet, sir. I haven't completed my theory. Ugh. Charles? Yes, Commander Blasterbelt? How long has it been since our last mission? It has been approximately... The point is, if I have to ask, it's been too long. What are we even doing? Just floating through space? At any given moment, yes. We are part 
of the Intergalactic Space Guardians, Jock. We are here to provide intergalactic space with a guardian. Are you telling me that no one in the entire universe needs a guardian? We can't find one person who needs intergalactic saving? Well, sir, if I can complete my essay, then perhaps we could find out in an instant. Just then, the very dull and quiet control panel lights up brighter than the planet of Gustroween on Horthazome Day, full of all the bangs and pows the adorable children of Gustroween can handle. Sirs, my controls have been overridden. We are being boarded. I cannot stop whatever is about to happen. Now this is more like it! But by who, Charles? Who is overriding your controls? The leader of all ISG operations, General Dan Manly Guy. Our two heroes jump to attention. Jock immediately stands like the ensign he was born to be while Rash hurriedly tucks in his shirt and tries to rub a smudge off his collar. In walks General Dan Manly Guy, the kind of man with a chin that can give a hit as good as it takes one. Great to see your ship is still sailing. We, we have done our best, good. sir. Yes, agreed. Very capable you two have proven yourselves to be. Obviously. Thank you. I have a mission for you, and this, I cannot stress enough, is the most important assignment I have ever given in my tenure as the General of all Intergalactic Space Guardians, and I'm asking you to do it. Our hero's eyes grow almost as big as those precious Gusterween children, in anticipation of the Horthazone fairy taking jobs from the rich and giving them to the poor. We were doing some mining on the San Bekidol system, but we... Seem to evoke in some of the, uh, let's say locals. Locals, sir? See, there were several moons in this planet's orbit. Turns out they weren't moons. And it turns out they're angry. Blasted Barclayans. Mm, we were mining their planet. For the betterment of ISG, Ensign. Don't mind him, General Manly Guy. Jock loves the ISG. He's working on an essay about Venn diagrams. It's not about Venn diagrams, it's about- I'm sure it'll be a riveting read, son. But what I've got is far more important than circles. Overlapping circles. The Barclans have gotten the coordinates to ISG's top secret headquarters. Oh, fush. Language, sir. It's fine, Ensign. Fush is right. Every secret known and unknown throughout the known and unknown universe is contained within the walls of the ISG. If anything were to happen to that location, I can't even bear to think about it. Do you need us to go out there and kick Barkley butt across the galaxy? Almost. I need you to go to the edge of Sam Bekidal's system. There is only one way in and one way out of that system thanks to Space Decree 01051953. You need to stand guard there no matter what. Nothing can get past you. The entire ISG is depending on you. Understood? Yes, yes sir. sir! Good. I knew I could count on the three of you. Three of us? Thank you, sir. 
We will not fail you. Our heroes blast across the universe to the sunless bridge of Latagon, the only entrance into the Sam Beckidol system. They hide the ISGSS Urbaniac and set up an ambush in the hourglass shape that is the bridge. They hide the ISGSS Urbaniac behind some rocks and set up camp, hoping to ambush the Barclayans. Ensign, this is it! This is everything I was hoping for. It certainly is exciting, sir. There I was, watching you write some essay about circles, and now we're on the most important mission of our lives. Overlapping circles. But this, this is real adventure. This is what the ISG is all about. We're going to take out these attackers and be heroes, known throughout all of space. Maybe then somebody will get to write an essay about me. What? I just think it would be swell. That's your fantasy? We could become the best-known Guardians ever, and you hope someone writes an essay? Not just anyone. Someone talented that could really capture the historical appeal of a moment like this. The more you talk, the less patience I have for these Barclayans to get here. Charles, how long have we been waiting? It has been approximately five minutes. Five minutes? Feels like it's been five hours. No one said they would arrive right when we did. We just need to have a little patience. It is a virtue, after all. Ugh, I hate virtues. They'll be here soon, sir, and we'll be ready. Right, perfect. Set blasters to awesome. Exactly. Just have to wait a few minutes. Five hours later. Why is this taking so long? Where are they? Somewhere in the system. Maybe they're lost, sir. Lost? How can they be lost? There's only one way in and out of the system. Don't they want to destroy the ISG base? You sound almost as if you want them to destroy the base. Well, obviously I don't want them to. I just want them to want to. I think you might need them to need to. That's ridiculous. Why would I need that? Ring, 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 ring. Incoming call. Not now, Charles. We're doing something important for General Manly Guy. It is General Manly Guy. Go ahead and answer. Charles opens up his robot ma and out comes the voice of General Manly Guy. How's it going out there, men? We have set up an ambush on the Sunless Bridge of Latagon. Nothing gets in or out without our say-so. Good to hear. Good to hear. Glad to have men like you on a mission like this. Any sign of the attackers yet? Nothing yet, sir, but we're keeping our eyes open. And our thumbs twiddling. What was that? Nothing, sir. Ah, good. For a second I thought you made a passive-aggressive comment under your breath. And that's against protocol. I would never go against protocol. Unless it was protocol to do so. My kind of commander, keep a space eye open, men, and keep me up to date on the situation. Click. As General Manly Guy hangs up, our two heroes stare out in the vastness of space. But it's as quiet out there as the sleepy children of Gusterween after a Horthazome day well spent. I think I'm gonna work on my Venn Diagram essay. We'll be right back to Spacey's after a quick message from this sponsor. Let me guess. Because believe me, I've been there before. You did it. 
You made yourself the happiest person you could possibly be. Congratulations. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. But now what? You got all the things. You're swimming in things. All your neighbors are officially jealous. Guess what? Here at Return Thing Inc., we got you. We will buy all of your things back from you. Uh, not back. I didn't say back. We'll buy all your things from you because you have too many. And we understand that. So bring those things to us and we'll give you money for them. Return Thing Inc., not for as much money as you spent. One week later, Jock leans over his essay with a fierce intensity. He writes a line and erases it. Writes another line and erases it. Writes another line and erases that one too. Boy, I can't imagine anyone can relate. Rash, too, is having troubles with pen and paper as Charles beats him yet again at tic-tac-toe. Why do you always start in the middle? It provides me with the most potential for strategic future moves. I like starting in the corners. It appears so. How many have you won? 116. And how many times have I beaten you? Zero, Commander. I could have sworn I got the upper hand on you at least once. I was recharging, and you continued to play without me. Ah! So I can win. I wonder if adding a third circle to this Venn diagram could really set this thing off in an exciting way. But what should that circle represent? Are you still writing that stupid essay? How are you not done by now? (laughs) I find it very hard for an essay to be stupid. I could do it. I could write the dumbest essay. That's an odd brag, sir, but okay, you do that. Thesis statement. Essays are dumb. Oh, you mean right now. Argument number one. Essays are super boring. Evidence. You've been talking about yours nonstop for days, and that's super dull. That argument seems rather subjective and mean. Argument number two. Essays are about arguing, but to no one. Evidence. You write some opinion no one asked for and publish it to the world, then might as well plug your ears for all the criticism that is either known or unknown to you. Well, intelligent people listen, and then I'm not sure where you went after that. You know, if you cite your sources... Argument number three. Essays require sources. Evidence. If anyone wanted to actually learn something, they could just go right to the source in the first place and never read the fushing essay to begin with. I think that might count as more of an opinion than a piece of evidence. Conclusion. Essays are dumb because they are dull, one-sided, and redundant. Thank you all for listening. Well, that was a bad essay that explained why essays are bad. So, congratulations. Thank you, Ensign. I knew I had it in me. What do you do when you get bored, sir? I'm never bored. Never? You've never been bored? Ever. Bored people are boring. And I've never been boring. Do you pass the time by just being impatient? Exactly. That seems awfully stressful. You know, patience... Don't say it! It's not a virtue. In a perfect world, no one would have to wait for anything. In paradise, everything would be instantaneous and virtuous, right? So patience would have no place there. Therefore, it's not a virtue. Are you still trying to write essays, Commander? Because that wasn't half bad. I can promise you this, Jock. I will never write an essay.
It sounds like he'll just speak them aloud. Don't you need to go recharge or something? Hmm. Might as well. Time begins to slip in and out of existence. Minutes turn into days, into months, into an eternity. No, wait, that can't be right. Humans don't live for an eternity. So definitely less than that. Like maybe a month or two? How long was quarantine? 50 days a month? I think it was probably around that long. Anyway, Jock and Rash are talking. Sir, if I may ask, why do you hate boredom so much? Because boredom is... bad. I don't know if I agree with you. I need something to do. We could play a game. No, something interesting and important. We could work on my essay. I just said something interesting and important. I think it's both of those things. Why can't we go to them? Stop them wherever they're already stopped. We can't. Or won't. No, we actually can't. The Barclayans are experts in camouflage. They're the size of moons. Moons are drops of water in the ocean of space. Plus, they don't always look like that. They can change their appearance at will, have managed to evade our sensors even as we build better ones. It's partly why this ambecutal system is given only one entrance and exit. Are you telling me that one of them could be hiding in plain sight right in front of us? I doubt it, but I suppose so. Rash takes his blaster and points to the stars. Pew, 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 pew! Sir, if you hit something, it would just be awesome now. If you're not careful, I might just shoot you and make you awesome. It wouldn't work. I've already been shot with an awesome ray. Some more time passes. Jock and Rash lay on their backs, pointing out towards the vastness of space. I spy something bright and tiny. Is it that one? No. 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 Wait, which one? That one. Kind of over there, next to the brighter one. Oh. No. We'll return to this riveting game of I Spy in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. Let me guess. And just so you know, you're not the first person this has happened to. But you sold too many of your things back. I know. It happens. You have no things, so you buy some. You have too many things, so you sell them back. Then you have no things again. It's a tale as old as time. But have no fear. We here at Things Again, Inc. have got your back. All those things you sold to us, we're ready to sell them back to you. For less than you sold them to us, because, you know, used and whatnot. And they probably won't work as well as the things you got originally, because, again, used. Point is, you're out of your own things, and we got them. Just like we got you. Things Again, Inc., the cycle never ends. And now we return to the most riveting episode of Spacey's ever written. Rash, Jock, and Charles all gather around for... You get it, right? I don't think I need to really explain it again. Nothing. They are doing nothing. Zilch. 
Nada, zero, nothing. There's as little going on as the day after Horthosome Day, when all of the Gusterwing kids now know they have to wait a full cycle for a structured upheaval of the socioeconomic class system. How long have we been here? Sir, you've expressly forbidden me from answering that question. I'm sure I didn't mean it. You said you'd say that. So you won't tell me? No, sir. Jock, will you ask Charles how long we've been here? You've also forbidden me from answering that question, even if it's from the Ensign. There's no way I thought that far ahead. It's true, sir. You did. It took you seven times, but you did. I'm impressed. So the only way for me to find out how long we've been here is if a stranger wanders by and we have them ask Charles how long we've been here? Sounds about right. But we haven't seen anyone in... How long has it been, Charles? Really, Ensign? We just went over this. Oh, right. Sorry about that, Charles. It's quite all right. Actually, I've been recharging so many times, I'm not even sure how much time has passed. Are you telling me, both of you, that none of the three of us have... Any idea how long we've been waiting on these Barclayans to show up? I can't even remember if we were supposed to stop them or help them. Obviously, we're supposed to... Rast checks the setting on his blaster, hoping to jog his memory. Fush, it still says awesome. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. What do you suggest, Commander? We were tasked to stay here to stop the Barclayans. So it was to stop them. Why again? We were mining their planet, and they did not take kindly to it. That doesn't seem nice of us. Commander Ensign, we have an incoming call from General Manly Guy. Wow, something's happening. Answer it! The great job Charles opens again so the voice of the general can blast through. How's it going out there, gentlemen? Well, we've been here for quite a while, and so far, no sign of the hostiles. Those blasted Barclays, they're as patient as they are hard to find. Stay the course, boys, and I'm sure you'll make the ISG proud. Are you sure, sir? Maybe our skills could be used on another adventure. Something more... active? Nonsense, Plaster Belt. We need you and your team on this. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to pay more attention to the battle. I've shot six Guster Weenies since I called you. Good luck. ISG believes in you. Click. There's no sun. The stars don't move. I broke my watch. Time doesn't matter anymore. We could have been here for five minutes or five thousand years, but either way, it doesn't matter because nothing is happening. This is the worst mission I've ever been on in my entire life. I am so bored. Can I ask again, Commander? What's so wrong with being bored? If you're bored, it means you're not doing anything that matters. Boredom is a sign of failing. And I am not a failure. I never have been, and I never will be.
I don't think that's true, sir. Boredom isn't failure. I think boredom is aspiration. It's the want to do something, or accomplish something. We can't always decide when exciting things happen to us, but we can decide what sort of things we can do that make us feel fun and exciting, even if we get it wrong sometimes, or even if it only passes the time for a little while. They don't all have to be adventures. They can be tic-tac-toe, or I spy, or even an essay. Any little thing to make you feel a little better. And I find that a comforting thought. Hmm. I don't like it, though. Me either. What do we do now? Wait, I guess. And until then? Well, I do need someone to peer-review my essay. Fine. Are you still trying to work on three circles? <laughs> uh, no. Of course not, sir. I'm up to seven. Will Rash like Jock's essay? Will the Barclayans ever show up? Were they even real to begin with, or some vague metaphor that people will debate for centuries? Will Spacey's do a third episode in a row with time in the title? And what is happening during Horthosome on beloved Gusterweend? Find out in the next adventure called Gnarls Barclay! Spacey's Timing for Godot was written by Thomas Robinson and produced by Dylan Dwiner. Tonight's episode starred Frank Roberts as Ensign Jock Jr., Paul Richter as Commander Rash Blasterbelt, Dylan Twiner as Charles, the shipboard AI, Thomas Robinson as the narrator, and me, Nana Curley, as General Dan Manley Guy and the commercial narrator. Species is recorded in Tacoma, Washington, and Arvada, Colorado. <laughs>